open them up to Genesis chapter 1. I want to look at verses 26 through 28. I want to welcome the visitors. There's a lot of new faces here, so we want to welcome you. And uh, we hope you're blessed today. We want to welcome the internet uh, audience. They're, we're streaming live over the internet around the world right now. And one of those watching is my mom from Imlay City over on the east side. So hi, mom. Hallelujah. All right. Praise God. Genesis 1, 26 through 28, I want to read here. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image. According to our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all, all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them. Say blessed. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Now, today I want to talk about a topic that will, I believe, I'm, I'm not just saying this, I truly believe that this topic will truly change your perspective on life. And your relationship with your heavenly father. If you will truly meditate on this, what I'm going to talk about today, if you will be diligent to really meditate on this, be diligent to keep this at the center of your thought life. Here it is. We as humans were created to be blessed. I have entitled this message today, Created to be Blessed. And you'll, you'll know where I'm going here in a moment. But listen, to find out God's original intent for mankind, you must go back to the beginning of time. You must go back to the book of beginnings, Genesis. You need to go back and find out when God created man, when God created everything, what did he create? And what didn't he create? What he created originally is his perfect will. What he didn't create is not his will. Now you got to follow me on this. Now remember this. I said this before and I'm going to say it again. Remember this. Don't ever forget this. The curse and everything associated with the curse, bondage, sickness, disease, anything associated with the curse, you name it, was associated with the fall of man. When Adam took that bite, and I say Adam because Eve wasn't named Eve until after the fall. So when Adam took the bite of that forbidden fruit, and they rebelled against God, that's when the floodgates of hell opened up on this earth. And certain things entered this earth that God never intended to be on this earth or to be in the life, lives of mankind. 
God said everything he created in the beginning of time was good. Therefore, anything that is associated with the curse was never intended to be carried by mankind. Never intended. Anything associated with the curse. Now, Webster's Dictionary defines the word curse as this. As affliction, torment, great vexation, or bondage. And all of these things associated with the curse are contrary to the nature of an original plan of God. And God's original intent is still his intent today. And it's nothing but dead religion that tells you otherwise. It's a lie from the pits of hell that says it's the will of God for you to be in depression. For you to have sickness, disease in your body. Whatever it is. Are you hearing me? The whole work of Jesus Christ in his earthly ministry, in his earthly life, in his death, burial, and resurrection from the dead is summed up in this fact that he took sin upon himself and he took the curse upon himself. He redeemed us from the curse of the law, the Bible says, in Galatians. Now I'm going to be throwing some things at you maybe you'd never heard about. Maybe you've never seen it from this perspective before. But I'll tell you right now, it's all right here in the Word of God. It's always been here. It's been here for over 2,000 years. The words of the book haven't changed. Are you hearing me? The Word of God says that Jesus, by his sinless life on this earth, condemns sin in the flesh. You know, when you try to accuse God and say that the things of the curse are associated with God, that God, it's God's will. You know what you're saying then? Sin is God's will. Now who is bold enough? No, who's stupid enough to say that sin is the will of God? I didn't think so. Even the sinner, even the person, the, the lowest sinner knows that sin's not the will of God. But you know, we get these religious, dead religious mindsets that we pick up because of tradition of man or whatever. You know, tradition of man will always take you off the word of God. Always. One of my biggest pushes when I preach is stick with the word. You won't go off if you'll just stick with the word of God. But listen, literally, Jesus made the effects of sin. The effects of the curse, null and void. He destroyed, 1 John 3, 8. It says he destroyed the works of the devil. Literally, that means that Jesus, by his shed blood, loosed us, loosed us from the bondage of the devil. But you know what? You have to do some things to experience that. It's not automatic. And that's why you see so many Christians running around and in bondage today. Because it's not automatic. That's another tradition of man. Well, if it's the will of God, he'll just do it. No, I'm going to slay that sacred cow in a moment. (laughs) Freedom from sin 
freedom from the curse are available to every person that puts their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and in his shed blood. Now listen to this. The word bless means this, to make happy, to make successful, to prosper. And then it goes on to say this. Listen to this. To set apart or to consecrate for holy purposes, to make and pronounce holy. Now the word holy in a nutshell means this, to be pure in heart. And God created, listen, God created mankind in the beginning. He created mankind in his image, Genesis said. When God created us, he blessed us. I said blessed. Doesn't say anything that he cursed us, does it? No, it doesn't. He blessed us and set us apart for holy purposes on this earth. See, in the beginning, God created mankind, like I said, with a pure heart. But you know what? He also created mankind with a free will. And like I talked about last week, the sermon exchanging the truth for a lie. If you, if you, haven't, if you weren't here, if you haven't heard it, you need to request a free CD. Because that's one of the most powerful sermons I've ever done on the thought life. In the importance of the thought life. But like I talked about last week, when Adam and Eve, when they began to meditate on the lie of the devil, that caused them, they meditated, they took hold of that lie, they meditated on it, and they rebelled and sinned against God. Now, because of the fall of Adam, the sin nature is passed down to every human being born into this earth. Thanks a lot, Adam. We could have been living in a paradise on this earth. That was God's original intent. A paradise. Fellowship with him. Walking like Adam and Eve did in the garden. But they forfeited it. Not just for themselves, but for the whole human race. So that sin nature is passed down to every human that's born into this earth. And the only way to get back to the blessing... Back to God's original intent. Don't worry. The good news of the gospel is this. We can get back to the garden through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's the whole message of the gospel. That's the good news that that we can get back to that relationship. That enmity. That sin nature. That's passed down to every human being. That sin nature can be taken away. And the effects of the devil can be made null and void through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That should make you shout. There is absolutely no way to experience the blessing of God without Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Oh, oh, I know. People are going about it every day. Trying to get happiness, trying to get peace, finding it in the bottle, finding it in sex, finding it here, finding it there, finding it in money. Guess what? It's in vain. Worthless. Zero. How long is it going to take for you to come to that conclusion? Your life is a mess without Jesus at the center of it. 
It's a mess and you're going nowhere. You're on a road to nowhere without Jesus Christ as Lord. And the true happiness, and this is what the devil tries to blind the minds of the people. You can do it without Jesus. You don't have to surrender to him. When the fact is he's the only one that can take you there. He's the only one that can take you back to the road of blessing. He's the only one who can deliver you from Satan's grip. Don't kid yourself. If you haven't made Jesus Lord of your life, you're a child of the devil. That's what the Bible says. The devil is your daddy. And the only way to make the switch is through Jesus Christ. And he's waiting on you to do it. Our Heavenly Father is waiting. He's longing for you to make that decision. He's not, he's, he doesn't want to beat you. He doesn't want to whip you. He does, I'm telling you right now, he's waiting for you to come to him. But it's only through the door. There's one door. One door. Jesus Christ is his name. Hallelujah. That is the gospel. Now God says in 1 Peter 1.16... He says, be holy, for I am holy. Now, I want to point this out. God never intended or willed for the fall of man to take place. Did you know that? It was never in his will. Never. Why? Because God hates sin. Sin separated his his creation that he loves so much. Sin is the very thing that separated creation from him. He hates sin. He can't stand it. And therefore, like I said, he hates everything that sin brought into this earth. Pain, you name it, everything. Pain that is in this fallen world. Everything, bondage. The fall of man took place Because Adam and Eve, by their own free will, say free will, will. rebelled from God. Free will. Now listen, I'm going to throw this out at you. You may have never thought of this before, but it's time you do. Just because something happens on this earth, just because something happens in your life, does not mean it's the will of God. That is why it is so dangerous to base your beliefs about God, your belief system about who God is, on experiences in life. Because everything that happens is not necessarily the will of God. You must base your belief system on this book right here, the Word of the Living God, the Bible. This is the only book that will reveal who God is. That the true and living God that is. That's it. Anywhere you see in the word of God, listen to this. Anywhere where you see in the word of God that a curse is pronounced for a certain action. Like if you do this, cursed is the man that does this. Cursed is he who does this, all right? Wherever you see a curse pronounced for a certain action, that means 
That course of action is totally against the original intent, the original will and plan of God. It's not because God's just trying to be hard-nosed. Are you hearing me? Anywhere, I want you to start, anytime you read the Bible now, and you, and you read a scripture that says this course of action is going to bring a curse into your life. I want you to remember, it's, it says that because that thing, that course of action, is totally against the nature of God, against his original intent for mankind, and still against his intent for mankind. In other words, man was never created or intended to go there and to entangle themselves with that thing, whatever it may be. A curse, listen to this, a curse is not a created thing. Did you know that? God never created it. And Satan can't create anything. All Satan does is takes the spiritual law and he perverts it. He can't create anything. He's not the creator. God is. But God didn't, according to the word of God, God never created a curse. God never created sin. Do you want to know what it is? A curse is simply this, the absence of the blessing. Just like darkness was never created by God, darkness is simply the absence of light. You take light away, God created light. There it is. God created light, didn't he? We have that account right in, the, in Genesis. Never said darkness be. Darkness just was if light wasn't there. The same with the curse. God never created a curse. It's the absence of the blessing. And the blessing is God's original intent. Are you taking hold of this? In other words, when you entangle yourself with sin... You place yourself by your own free will outside of the original intent and will of God. You willingly step outside of the boundary, you could say it this way, of the blessing zone. Willingly. Now who in their right mind would do that? Nobody. That's why it says that Satan's blinding the minds of the unbeliever. And he blinds the minds of some Christian because they're backsliding now and they're falling away from the word of God. Who in their right mind would do that? No one. They're nuts. If they knew what they were doing, they wouldn't do it. And guess what that's called? Deception. That's the heart of deception, doing something that you don't know what you're doing. Now, anywhere God gives a do not command. Oh, by the way, uh, sorry to kill this sacred cow in some people's minds, but God will not and cannot bless sin. That's an impossibility with God. Oh, all things are possible with God. No, he won't bless sin. It's impossible. That is an impossibility. Just like it's impossible to please God without faith. Hebrews eleven six, The word of God says that. So what's impossible with God? It's impossible to please him, please him without faith. It's impossible for him to bless sin. He won't do it. He just won't do it. Are you with me this morning? Listen to this. Anywhere God gives a do not command, don't do this or you know, stay away from this, a do not command, that means that we were never made or intended to do that thing in the plan of God. That thing is against the nature of God. Now, now, 
now that this world is upside down, I talked about this last week in, in Acts 17, how when people were, the, the, some disciples were preaching the gospel in a certain city. This, this unbelieving, unbelieving Jewish people back in the book of Acts, Acts 17, said, hey, these people are coming and they're turning our, our city upside, or, yeah, upside down. Well, the fact is, us Christians preaching the word are trying to turn it right side up to God's original intent. The fact is, unbelievers are so spiritually disorientated, disoriented, they think the world system's right side up. Hello, somebody. Do this right now. Just, come on. Isn't that good? All right. Had to wake some people up out there. (laughs) But, This world is upside down because of the curse, because of the fall of man. And because this world is upside down, God has to give us instructions about certain spiritual laws and how to activate them in a positive and godly way. For example, the law of confession or the power of your spoken words. God has warned us in his word. He said that death and life are in the power. uh, Death and life are in the authority of the tongue. See, look, the Bible wasn't written when Adam and Eve were here. Right? They they didn't need it. Their heart was pure in the beginning until Satan came along. And they meditated on the lie. They didn't need the word. Now that the world's upside down and every human comes in with the sin nature, guess what we need? We need a little help, God. We need some instructions. And the B-I-B-L-E, basic instructions before leaving earth. B-I-B-L-E, basic instructions before leaving earth. God, we need some help. We got this sin nature now. What do we do? What's the remedy, God? What are these spiritual laws? Help us out so we don't make a mess out of our life. The law of confession. I'm just giving a couple examples. God says that the death and life are in the power of the tongue. And that's a spiritual law. And I caution you, use it wisely. Use it biblically. Are you hearing me? Another example is the spiritual law of sowing and reaping. Use it wisely. Follow the instructions in the book. Are you hearing me? And if you don't do that, it's not God's fault. Because he's warned us about all these spiritual laws It's right here. You're without excuse in life. Are you hearing me? It's all right here. Isn't that good to know? That the creator, our creator, has given us a manual for life. Let's just simplify it. It's a manual. How to live victorious on this earth. And it's right here in your hands, in my hands. That's comforting to me. I don't know about you. And if you're not comforted by that, you, my friend, are one who's in deception that I was just talking about. God had to give us some instructions on these spiritual laws. I mean, the world is so perverted. The world system is so perverted God even had to give some instructions on this, that homosexuality is a sin. Hello? Does not nature tell you that? 
But, but that's how twisted, that's how perverted this world is. That God has to literally tell mankind that that kind of action, homosexuality, is not natural, it's shameful, and it's not the will of God. It's an abomination. It's sinful. Hello? See, the law that God put into motion in the beginning was Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Hello? That's a fact, Jack. I, I mean, it's just mind-boggling that we even need to go there. Hello? See, God's intent for man and a woman was to multiply, fill the earth with a godly seed. And uh, I'm sorry to tell you, homosexuals, you're not going to be able to do that. Hello? You see, God's commands and instructions in the Bible are not legalistic. You want to know what it is? It's the love of God trying to protect us from the curse and the effects of the curse and trying to protect us from an eternity in the lake of fire. Hello, somebody. Well, if God loved me so much, why would he send me to hell? Because you didn't accept his provision. Hello. See, you can never, on judgment day, stand before God and point the finger and say, you never told me. The fact is, he has. The fact is, you are too prideful to submit your life to the lordship of Jesus Christ and follow the word of God. I, I'm sorry, I just like to make things too simple. Hello. Anywhere uh, God gives us a do command, do this, whatever, that means that course of action is part of his original intent for mankind. See, I want you to start seeing the, the commandments of God differently. The do nots are his love. He's trying to show you where the boundaries are in life, how to stay in the zone of blessing. The do nots are, uh, you're on Satan's property now. And guess what? I can't bless that, and I can't do anything for you. Love God. You know, the fact is, God loves every person on this earth right now. The fact is, he loves every person who's in hell right now. And I truly believe it grieves the heart of God that they're in hell, obviously. He does not want you going there. And the fact of the matter is, if you still have breath in your lungs, it's not too late. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. So anywhere God gives us a due command, that, that means that course of action was part of his original plan for mankind. Like, uh, draw nigh to God and he'll draw nigh to you. How about love one another? How about bless the Lord? You get the point, don't you? Go to Deuteronomy 5.29. Look, I'm not homophobic, I'm just cynophobic. Are you hearing me? I'm going to stick with the word of God. I mean, we love those people who are, who are into that. We love them. We hate the sin. And we love you enough to tell you the truth, to come out of that bondage. Yeah, glory to God. And, and the truth of the matter is, those who want to get out of it and you still have those tendencies, you need deliverance. 
there's devils that you opened yourself up to with that kind of filth. Are you hearing me? You need deliverance. Hello. All right. Deuteronomy 5, 29. Oh, oh, I know someone's thinking. Don't think that you just open yourself up to demon spirits just by doing the big things. Mm -mm. Oh, no. <laughs> you can open yourself up to demonic spirits by doing things that you wouldn't have think that could open yourself, yourself up to the devil. Are you hearing me? Oh, only the people in homosexuality have demons. Yeah, right. Well, they do. <laughs> but this is a pretty big topic, and that's for another Sunday. Are you hearing me? Deuteronomy 5.29. It says this. Listen, this is God doing the speaking here. He says, oh, that they had such a heart in them that they would fear me or reverence me and always keep all my commandments that it might be well with them and with their children forever. What, is God some kind of control freak? No, if you read that scripture and you think that, you're definitely out of line. Your thought process, the elevator's not going all the way to the top. Are you hearing me? I want you to notice that God says, oh, I mean, he just starts it off with, oh, can you feel the heartbeat of God in this scripture? The love and concern. See, God knows that our free will is involved in this thing. He will not control you. He will not manipulate you. Satan will try that. Demons will try that. But you still have a free will. But God will never do that. He wants you by your own free will to come to him. He knows that there are spiritual laws set into motion like I talked about. And if we choose to live in disobedience, there will be much pain brought into your life. Are you hearing me? And it's as if God is pleading with mankind. He's pleading with mankind. Just come, come with me, follow me, I'll show you how to live your life. Your life is a mess right now. I can take you to blessing. You don't have to go to hell for eternity. You don't have to do it. He's pleading with mankind. 2 Chronicles 16. 2 Chronicles 16, verse 9. Are you getting anything out of this today? All right. It says this. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. Say whole earth. Oh, hallelujah. To show himself strong. On behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. That's the only part I want to bring out in that. Although you could go on and this is talking about an account where someone whose heart wasn't loyal and they were bringing wars upon themselves. Hello, hello, hello. You can bring wars upon yourself if your heart's not loyal to God. But listen to me. God longs for and desires your heart, our hearts, to be loyal to him. Why? Because that is what he desired from the very beginning of time. You know, I, I truly believe God reminisces and goes back and thinks about what it was like in the garden with Adam and Eve before the fall. It's almost like, what if? 
you know, if, if they didn't, it wouldn't have done that. If the fall of man wouldn't have happened, all this pain and suffering that's on the earth right now could have been avoided. But we can have that. We can go back to that through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. But can you imagine how heartbroken God was? I really want to get this point across to you. How heartbroken God was when they ate that forbidden fruit. See, when your heart is loyal to God through his son Jesus Christ, it blesses him. And he will bless you for your faithfulness and loyalty to him. It says it right here in this passage. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. That's the requirement. It's that easy. And it says if your heart's loyal to God, he desires, he longs for to show himself strong and bless you. The Lord is desperately seeking those who are committed and loyal to him. The question is this today. Those of you in this place, those of you watching online, those of you listening on the radio and internet around the world, the question is this. Are you one of those loyal ones? Will you be one of those loyal ones? If you haven't been, will you be? Because God is a God of new beginnings. You messed up, you know what? We all have. Come back to him right now. Run back to him. Don't walk back. Run back to him. And see, people who run away from him in shame and guilt, they don't understand the love of God, how much God loves them. It's like your own child if they mess up. Wouldn't you, parents, wouldn't you, don't you like it when your kids come to you and, and talk to you about it and you can, you can encourage them, make them feel better? But how would you feel, parents, if your, your kids just constantly run away from you and, and you're just, let me just talk to you. Come on, I can help you. I can get you out of this pit. Now multiply that, and that's how God feels when we run from him. See, it's dead religion. Dead religion that's, that tells us that God is so angry at you, he just doesn't want any part of you. The fact is, he wants all of you. He longs for you to come to, back to him. Are you hearing me? Is it getting through today? Deuteronomy thirty nineteen. I'm talking about going back to God's original intent, because his original intent is still his intent today. But now we got to go through the door. It's not automatic. We got to go through the door. And the door's name is Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Deuteronomy 30, verse 19 says this I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you, oh, this is interesting. And your descendants may live. See, the destiny, I'll get there in a moment. The destiny of our life on this earth, the destiny of our eternal life, 
all depends on the decisions that you make on this earth right in the here and now, the short time frame, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100, 120 even, that's short in light of eternity. Your destiny depends on one thing. That's it, just one. The decisions you make on this earth. Some say, no, God determines my destiny. Oh, really? Then why would God tell us to choose life if it was just automatic? I'm going to give you something right now. Ready for this? Take hold of this truth from God's word. Just because God knows what decisions you will make on this earth doesn't mean that he willed it to be that way. Oh, of course, he knows everything. He knows the, the beginning from the end, of course. Doesn't mean he willed it that way. Because we have free will. Say free will. And by the way, gotta say this, just because God knows what day you and I are gonna pass away and die, or pass away from this earth, just because he knows the day, the minute, the hour, the second when we're gonna take our last breath, doesn't mean that he willed it to be that way. Contrary to popular unscriptural belief. Are you hearing me? Doesn't mean that. So, oh, okay, oh, so you're telling me then that it, it was the will of God, it was the will of God for, for my cousin to get sloshed, drunk, filled with drugs, and run into a telephone pole and shorten his life in his 40s? Hello! I'm sorry to tell you, but that was the devil. Just because God knows the day and hour you're going to pass away doesn't mean he willed it that way. You want more evidence? Fine. Ecclesiastes 7.17. Why should you die before your time? Oh, what is our time? It's found in Psalm 91. God will satisfy you with a long life. If you'll live life his way. Are you hearing me? See, you can't claim that promise and go and hang out at the bars all the time. In strip clubs and, and, and uh, getting sloshed every night. Are you hearing me? Can't do it. In Deuteronomy 30, 19, God says that he set before us life and death, blessing and cursing. In other words, God is telling us, this is what he's saying. He's not saying that cursing is his will. What he's saying is this, that he has revealed to us the boundaries. He separated the line between the blessing and cursing. Are you hearing me? I got to point this out to you. God has, has always revealed to man the boundary lines between the curse and the blessing. Always. It was never a guessing game for mankind. Never. The word of God makes it very clear what to do and what not to do. And like I said, even in the Garden of Eden, before the written word of God was available, God told Adam... Do not eat of that tree over there. 
God was so merciful, he told them. It wasn't just a, oh, they took a bite of some fruit and then they, uh, God said, gotcha, <laughs> I tricked you. Because the fall of man is my will. Because I want people to be in bondage. Hello. He told them, don't eat that thing. But they did. Here we are. The doorway for blessing back to that relationship with God is through Jesus Christ. I can't say it enough. So we can never point the finger at God and say, you never told me how to live. Because God has gone overboard and extended his mercy to mankind to reveal his plan, to reveal his will. God even tells us in Hosea 4.6 that his people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. What is that lack of knowledge? Lack of what knowledge? The word of God. The Bible. What he said there. But then, listen, you, you got to hear this now. It goes on to say, it doesn't just stop there. I know we like to just quote that, you know, lack of knowledge. Okay, you know, what I don't know can't hurt me. Well, the thing is, what you don't know will hurt you on this earth in the kingdom of God. Amen? But it goes on to say that because you have rejected knowledge. You know what the fact is? We can never say, ha, huh, what, you know, what I don't know can't hurt me. Because the fact is, for t- over 2,000 years, this has been available. And God takes it personally. He says, you know what? If you don't know, what, don't know what's in this book, it's your fault. Because it's always been there. Put the, pap- put the newspaper down, shut MTV off, and read my word. He takes it personally for when we have a lack of knowledge about his will. He literally says that we have rejected knowledge. And don't kid yourself. Satan walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. May devour. Say may. may. Whoever gives him an opening in their life, he'll take it. See, that'd be a great sermon. Who is God seeking and who is Satan seeking? Maybe later. But but I want you to notice that rebellion, rebellion against the word of God will not only affect you, but according to the word, it will, re, re, it will uh, affect your children and quite possibly future generations. Your rebellion against God can actually put a generational curse into motion through your family line. Not because God wills for it to happen, hello, but because you are simply putting a spiritual law, the negative side of a spiritual law, into effect. Not only are there generational curses, but there are also generational blessings. Well, what's the proof that, well, I don't believe in generational curses. What's the greatest proof you have that generational curses are around? Because there's generational blessings. (laughs) And a curse is just the absence of a blessing. So there's generational curses, generational blessings. See, it works both ways. It's a spiritual law. If there's generational blessings, there's generational curses. People want to believe the blessing, but they don't want to believe that there's real curses out there. You don't believe in generational curses? What about David? 
The Bible says, yes, he was a man after God's own heart, but did you know that the choices he made, the choices, the sin, the rebellion he made, he had to suffer with some consequences. Say consequences. Consequences his whole life. In fact, God said the sword will not leave your house. Did God forgive him? Yeah, absolutely he did. Say consequences. There's consequences for our actions. There are consequences for our actions. But God makes his will known by telling us to choose life in Deuteronomy 30, 19. Choose life. Why? Because life is the will of God. That we and our descendants may live and avoid the curse. Because he is a God that desires to bless. He takes pleasure in blessing us. Don't ever forget this. There are spiritual laws that are in motion, and it depends upon you as to which ones you're setting in motion in your life. Based solely on this, this is it, by the decisions that you make in life. My last scripture here. Well, almost. Jeremiah. Jeremiah 17. Five through six. Thus says the Lord, cursed. Remember, wherever you see a curse being pronounced because of an action, it was never in the original plan and will of God. Cursed is the man who trusts in man. Why? It was never meant to be that way. And makes his makes flesh or things in the natural his strength. Whose heart departs from the Lord. Why? Why is there a curse, God? Because it was never in his original plan to do those things. For he shall be like a shrub in the desert, and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parch or dry places in the wilderness. Oh boy, we don't like the wilderness journey, do we? In a salt land which is inhabited. Cursed is the man who trusts in man. We were created to trust God. We were created to walk with God. Our, our spirit man, our heart was created to be connected with God. Do you understand that? And that's why it says, cursed is he who falls away from my original plan. Not because God wants it that way. It's just, that's the absence of the blessing. So guess what comes in its place? Come on. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Not some, not a little, not just this compartment or that compartment. no. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I, you know, it doesn't say I can do all things on my own, does it? I can do all things through Christ. Oops, sorry, it's not on there. <laughs> I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. In John 5.15, Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing, he said. Jeremiah 17, 6 tells us, If we trust in man and make flesh our strength, and our heart departs from the Lord, it literally says this, we will dry up spiritually. Yay, I'm talking to Christians. There are so many accounts in the word of God where a king their hearts, his heart was right before God. They went out to battle. He did things his own way, and they got their tails kicked. And God says, you got, you got your tails kicked, basically, because you did not follow my instructions. Your heart departed from me. 
If you're feeling dry spiritually today, check yourself on these three points, Christians. Are you trusting in man? Do you make flesh your strength? Has your heart departed from the Lord? We were never created to be apart from the true and living God, our creator. That is why when we do so, we bring a curse upon ourselves and our family. We're filled with stress. We're filled with worry. We're filled with fear, anxiety, depression, and everything else that hell has for mankind. Stick with me here. Stick with me here. Just one more page left. It's going to be all right. (laughs) I got to get this out. It's just too darn important. All right? On top of this, I air this on the radio, all right? So I want them to hear it. Do you want to know a sure sign when your heart departs from the Lord? Do you want to know what a sure sign is? When you stop delighting in him and in his word. When you stop hungering for his word. When you stop desiring that closer relationship with him. When you don't want to press in anymore. Well, in the natural, you know, one of the first signs that you're getting sick physically is a loss of appetite, is it not? Same in the spiritual. When you lose your appetite to seek God with your whole heart, you know that your heart has departed from him. Psalm chapter 1, 1 through 3. And on top of that, I got to get this all in because some of you won't pick up the word on your own. And read the Bible. So I got to force feed you on Sunday. Amen. This, some, some of you, this is the only time you hear the word. And shame on you, by the way. Pick it up. Read a, pass, read, read a chapter every night. Read, you know, I mean, it's all right. Put the newspaper down. Put the newspaper down and get God's news. Amen. Psalm 1, 1 through 3. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight, the blessed man, his delight, or that blessed person, is de- but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, the word of God, he meditates day and night. What's the result of that? He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. That brings forth its fruit in its season. Listen. Whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. How many of you would love to know, whatever, whatever venture you go into, business, whatever, whatever you put your hand to, you just know beyond a shadow of a doubt this thing's going to prosper. How many of you would love that? You need to get into the Word of God. You need to delight in the Word of God. Press in. Because it doesn't have to be a guessing game. We should be led by the Holy Spirit, and whatever we put our hands to, we should prosper. And if we're not prospering, we're maybe not doing the will of God for our life. Amen? Psalm 37, 3 and 4. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Oh, that's rich, isn't it? Say feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, there it is, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Delighting yourself in the Lord will literally cause God to move on your behalf and give you the desires of your heart. 
Why? You delight yourself in the Lord. You fill yourself with the word. First of all, you're not going to ask God for something that's against his will. Are you hearing me? And if you do, your heart's not right. If you're asking for something that's outside of the boundary, like one lady called the prayer line when I worked at ORU down in Tulsa, said, can you please pray with me? I want a divorce from my husband. Oh, my goodness. No, no, no. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. I mean, come on. Hello. But anyways, delight yourself in the Lord. It's like, how many of you, let me ask, just in the natural. Let me bring this down to the natural now. How many of you love when your children delight themselves in you? They love spending time with you and, oh, mom, dad, I love you. You are so great. You're so great. And how many of you, when they do that, you just, you want to bless them. You want to just bless them because, oh, man, you know, it's no different. It's no different with God. I mean, we're talking about more on a spiritual level and stuff, but no different. Last passage. That's right, I said last passage. Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes. Oh, I like that. But its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. Blessed, happy, prosperous is the man or the person who trusts in the Lord, who hopes in the Lord. Why? Why are they blessed for that? Because that's part of God's original plan. Verse 8, he shall be like a tree planted by the waters. I love that where it says, and the heat. And will not fear when heat comes, when the trials of life come. When the heat begins, is getting turned up in your life by the trials. It won't even faze you. Why? Because your roots, your spiritual roots are plugged into the river of the Holy Ghost. Rivers of living water, as Pastor Joe talked about today. If you will do your part, God will do his. I guarantee you 100%, no question about it. And you will truly live, if you will do your part, God does his, you will truly live the abundant life and the blessed life that you and I were created to live on this earth. Don't ever forget the original intent of God because it's still his intent today. And like I said, The Lord Jesus Christ is the only door to that blessed life. It's time for you today to put him at the very center of your life. If you agree with that, say amen. Let's stand up this morning. Hallelujah. There are some individuals in this house today. There's some individuals watching, by the way, the internet, listening on the radio and internet. Listening to the CD. There's some individuals now that if you were to take your last breath right now, your spirit man would fall into the earth and go into hell and eventually into the lake of fire for eternity. You're on borrowed time. The fact is, you don't know if you have never made Jesus Lord of your life. You know what? You're playing spiritual Russian roulette with your life 
If you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, today is the day of salvation, the Bible says. What does that mean? Don't put it off. I beg you, make Jesus Lord of your life today. If you never have, simply just come forward by the drum set. And I want to pray with you personally. And you will get a new birthday. The born again experience through Jesus Christ. You can have a new father. Heavenly Father. Translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son. Hallelujah. Maybe there's someone here today watching online, listening online and on the radio. You've fallen away from the Lord. There's one point where you were on fire for him. But you've done what Revelation said. What Jesus said in the book of Revelation. You left your first love. And you're backslidden. And frankly... You don't know if you were to die right now that you would go to heaven. You don't know that. Friend, that is too big of a risk to take. If you don't know that you would go to heaven right now, if you took your last breath, I want you to come forward by this drum set. I want to pray with you also. Maybe there's someone in here you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism. It's not a Pentecostal experience. It's not a charismatic. It's not a word of faith experience. It's a Bible experience. Paul asked some disciples in Acts 19, he said, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believe? What do you mean, Paul? It's a second experience. If you want to learn more about the Holy Spirit baptism and receive, come over here. If you need a physical healing, you need an emotional healing, maybe you're one, you're, you're in bondage to a devil. Maybe you've got, you, you got some demons that you need casted out. You know what? The power of God's in the place power of God is here. The name of Jesus is greater than them. Amen. Maybe you suspect a curse in your family, in your own life. I want you to come forward. Let's just deal with this right now. Why, why let it go any further? Let's cut this thing off right now and put the blood of Jesus over it. Amen. Some of you are, during my message, you're seeing yourself, how your, your mother and father were. And, and now you look at your life now and you think, he's right. Yep, the Bible's right. Generational curses are true because I fall into the same traps as my parents. Yep, he's right. Every person in my family line has this disease. Hello, generational curse. Let's deal with it. Let's plead the blood of Jesus over this thing. Amen? If that's you, those four things, I want you to come forward. The rest of you, worship the Lord. I'm Just open the altar. You can come up. Worship the Lord. Just turn the music up, Chris. Worship the Lord today. Amen. online and you never made Jesus Lord of your life it's so simple it's so simple a three-year-old can do it you simply believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God he died on the cross he shed his blood for you 
and you simply say, Father, or actually he's not your father, say, God, I am a sinner. I am a sinner. I know I'm a sinner. But I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died on the cross and shed his blood, and he rose again the third day. And I make Jesus Christ Lord. I confess Jesus as Lord of my life. If you've done that, you meant it with your heart, and you're born again. Hallelujah. I traded my sin for a life with you. Take hold of me as I let go of this world. Let my heart beat in step with yours. Keep my eyes on you. Keep my eyes on you.
anybody else in this place today. You need prayer. Sovereign Lord, there's no one like you high above the nations of the earth you chose to come without reservation humble king you are the son of god what can be said with mortal tongues to express our gratitude salvation songs Good to know that God has set us apart for his kingdom. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Everyone to turn toward that camera and stretch your hand toward it right now. For those watching who need a healing right now. I know you've never done it. Oh, well, there's always a first for everything. Stretch your hand toward that camera. In the name of Jesus, anyone watching right now, that has a physical infirmity, a sickness, a disease in their body. I command that infirmity, that disease, that curse to come off of you, to leave your body, and for every organ in your body to be healed and to function properly. You know, God created those organs for a purpose. And when they're not working properly, it's against the will of God. Hello, somebody. So right now, be healed. Be strengthened. Be blessed in Jesus' mighty name. Give the Lord a hand clap today. Hallelujah. (laughs) Glory to God. Hallelujah. Did you get anything from this today? Hallelujah. Those of you watching by the way of the internet, 
August 10th, I am going to be in Imlay City, no, Lansing, sorry. I'm going to be in Lansing, Michigan at the Holiday Inn South Convention Center. August 22nd, going to be at the Days Inn in Imlay City, Michigan on the east side. So those of you in the thumb, come on over. We're going to have a great time. And for more information, log on to jamesbrant.org or revivalchristian.org. Thanks for tuning in. God bless you. See you next week. Hallelujah. Give the Lord another hand. Isn't that awesome that we're able to go around the world? Just before, before I come out here to the sanctuary, uh, I was chatting online with a, with a pastor who was watching from India. From India. So hallelujah. Glory to God. Is there any announcements here? Yes. So see, Anne, if, you want to, if anyone wants to sponsor children. Oh, for the camp, the youth camp. For, for anyone, they, they're, Pastor Joe and Anne are putting on a youth camp. If you'd like to sponsor a child, see them today. And that would be a blessing. Amen. Other than that, we're keeping, the, keeping it rolling on Wednesdays with the, uh, the uh, Jimmy Evans and Karen Evans uh, teaching on marriage. Amen. How I many you know that's very important? Got to get our marriages in line. And uh, what else? What else? You know, I always, when I cut the service off, I'm like, man, I should have said this, but never mind. Go be blessed, and oh, Elizabeth. Oh, thank you, Jesus. MDA. The MDA event is this Saturday. We need more volunteers. Angela Quinlan is heading that up. If you can volunteer this Saturday, Sunday, it's from 9 to 3. Uh, if there's anyone who would want to volunteer from, you know, and, and miss service, I know, come on, we, don't, we can't get religious on this now because whoever's there is going to be witnessing to people about Jesus, amen? If anyone wants to miss service next Sunday to be at the MDA at the fairgrounds to witness to people and stuff, just come and see uh, Angela. And uh, we're going to have another great outreach, amen? Be blessed, come back next Sunday.